Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line KINY. Good morning. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me in the studio today, I have Superintendent Frank Hauser and you are the president of the board, DD. Is that correct? President of the bo- school board, DD Sorensen. How are you both doing today? Just fine. Doing well. Good, good. I know it's been a. I would say to say it's been a bit chaotic these last couple of months would would be an understatement. I think you would both agree with me on that. I would agree. There's a lot going on. It's been busy, um, but having good conversations. Good, good. Now I do know that there is a school board meeting at five thirty today. That's over at the JDHS library, and that's looking at the sort of the final reading of these reconfiguration and recon- consolidation models. And I actually printed these out this morning so I could go over those with you, but where would you like to start kind of with talking about those? Well, I mean, it's been quite a um, rigorous journey to get to here. We've um, had a substantial amount of input from the community, um, from parents, from people who are grandparents, from our staff, from our staff, students. students. So um, as I say, we've had a great deal of input um, on last Saturday during our work session. We narrowed it down to looking at maintaining both of our larger facilities and then asking our staff to determine how small a footprint we could have in remaining buildings to create the most cost-effective configuration that we believe we will be able to provide um, a high quality education for our students and then potentially as more revenues perhaps become available to, from the state, we will be able to then enhance those models that we have decided so that we can continue to advance the quality of education for all of our students. And I would add to that, I mean, from the very beginning, even back in the first semester, October, November, conversations were being had about how do we provide, you know, more opportunities for our students. Um, And I think that's always been an underlining conversation through this whole reorganization and um, looking at consolidations is maintaining, as President Sorensen said, that high quality education for the students in the Juneau School District, but also how do we continue to provide Um, opportunities and expand opportunities for the students from you know elective courses CTE courses different programs and making sure that that through all this reorganization conversation is also um, a pillar of that conversation and how we're moving through that process definitely now I do I'm looking at both the models here in front of me and really the big thing that continues to stand out to me is basically the with that restructuring Largely, it shutters the middle schools that are currently existing in favor of the two larger facilities than one of them taking on that primary role. Kind of talk to me about some of the process that that led to that decision. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, there's a couple of pieces. One, looking at uh, the facility and, you know, the the 
the newness of the facility or the use as an academic, you know, um, facility for whether it's middle school, elementary school, um, or high school. And in looking at the two larger facilities, um, obviously, uh, June Douglas High School and Thunder Mountain High School, looking at those two facilities, uh, TM being one of the newer facilities that's been um, constructed, and seeing from a costing perspective too all the pieces that go, because a number of our buildings too have deferred maintenance and potentially need to have uh, remodeling taking place. And so that was a factor that went into uh, the decision around that. And then of course, school size and the capacity of the buildings is also a factor when looking at um, potentially uh, moving and dividing grades up and looking at kind of that delivery model for specific grade levels. Uh, that was one of the factors when we were looking at the elementary schools, uh, kindergarten through sixth grade. Uh, there was some consideration early on about possibly closing an elementary school, but from the numbers perspective, especially if we were moving the sixth graders down to the elementary schools, having having the 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 additional students in there helped increase the capacities of our elementary schools and at this point um, some of them are, are at where you want to see an elementary school as far as capacity and good use of the space and so based on some of those pieces then looking at what might be some you know as president Sorensen said the capacity or the um, trying to shrink the footprint to be able to um, see some realized savings in utilities cost and uh, just the cost of maintenance and operations for a building. And so by moving in some of these models, the students in uh, 7th through 12th grade into a couple different configurations into the two larger facilities, that does make it to where the district can uh, realize some savings by um, releasing two or three buildings back to the um, city and borough of Juneau. Okay. Now, talk to me about why the... So I've also noticed one of the key things with these two models is either A, you make JD the junior high and you make Thunder Mountain the high school or you flip those around, keep JD the high school and then make Thunder Mountain the middle school. Talk to me about kind of the consideration because I'm a little surprised that there's the plan that would have JD become the junior high. So maybe kind of explain why that happened. Well, there's a couple of, you know, as we, as we look at different models, we talk about opportunities for students. You know, I, I think, as I said, that is the one of the underpinning conversations through this whole process is how do we continue to provide opportunities for students? And so as we look at um, what really is that model S1A, which is 7th through ninth graders at uh, Juno Douglas and the 10th through 12th graders at Thunder Mountain, um, the conversations around, you know, space, looking at access, looking at facilities, and looking at opportunities for kids. And one of the things in that model that provides is, from a CTE perspective, being able to provide for the first time a real enrichment opportunity around career technical education for our 7th through ninth graders. Um, the middle schools haven't always had the access to um, the... Uh, CTE curriculum that you would necessarily see in um, a large facility uh, or a larger facility, a high school facility, CTE wing. And so that's one really interesting opportunity for middle school students. And then, you know, looking at ways to utilize that facility uh, with block scheduling to be able to bring high schoolers uh, and utilize it for our 10th through 12th graders through like block scheduling before school, after school, or, you know, doing a, a kind of morning session or an afternoon session to still be able to provide that opportunity for our 10th through 12th graders to have access 
to um, CTE classes, but also expanding that access for seventh and ninth graders. So that was one you know concept in looking at uh, that seven to nine being able to have uh, JD provide that opportunity for those students, and then for our tenth through twelfth graders. Um, having a, a modern high school that has some of the, uh, it was built with common spaces for collaboration with classes and looking at, uh, you know, uh, some uh, science wings and different different uh, benefits that, you know, maybe a newer facility for high school students would provide um, from an instructional uh, opportunity as well. And so those are some of the considerations that we we're looking at when looking at that 7-9 and that 10-12. And then also looking at ninth graders, you know, still being able to provide that opportunity for high school credit, because I know that's one of the big concerns that we've heard is ninth graders aren't going to be able to earn high school credit. Well, it's a junior high school model. They would actually earn credit. They'd be able to have all that credit go towards their graduation, towards the Alaska performance scholarship, all those, all those benefits that ninth graders would have um, at a high school still are there at the, in, in that sports. model A, sports, activities, absolutely. The, all, that, all those benefits uh, that they have in a high school, they would also have in, in this. And an interesting side, one of the things that um, when I was a high school principal, uh, one of the pieces that you know, we would often do with our freshmen that were coming in is do like a freshman house or a freshman academy to make sure because that transition for freshmen is difficult into a high school too and it's been recognized which is why you see a lot of freshman academies where they will actually have freshmen you know in their own kind of space and so this model provides that opportunity for that transition from seven eight nine and have that more you know kind of entryway into the high school requirements that will ultimately transition them to um, you know 10th through 12th grade in that model. Gotcha. Now, uh, Didi, I want you to start on this question. Now, I've been looking at the budget and I'm noticing one sort of key thing that's standing out to me is still having the 680 on the BSA, which I know that's what's been being talked about in the legislature, getting the BSA up to 680. And I know that that's, you know, that's the optimistic part of me that wants to be like, yeah, of course, we should put that down. But I also know there is a chance that that doesn't happen. So what is the plan if the BSA doesn't end up being that 680? Well, I mean, it's the line above that. I mean, that is between now and March 15th, that will be the budget that we have to balance. Um, so this looks at cost savings relative to our uh, buildings, structural structures. Um, 90% of our budget is personnel and we that and there is not going to be I mean we we have fewer students we are working with um, the state because we foresee layoffs and we'd like it to be orderly and organized and uh, make sure that people are, you know, be as transparent as we can about where people are and, you know, everything. The advantage of a RIF is that there is substantial versus just laying off all the non-tenured teachers, which historically, never in Juneau, but historically across the state was a pretty standard practice. And, um, you know, I've been 
in Juneau since 1981. Juneau has expanded and contracted. I've been through two separate rifts of school personnel here in Juneau. Um, it's difficult, but again, there's substantial language and protections for teachers on a RIF list that, you know, that are not there in a layoff situation. So we're, um, but we, you know, have to work that through the state. So we're very hopeful that we will be able to do that as uh, protection as we're downsizing. And you know, we have no idea how many people will decide to retire, how many people will decide that, you know, if they're gonna let, get potentially laid off, they might as well just go somewhere else. We don't have any of that information and it is extraordinarily troubling to us. You know, our, our goal with our, re building restructuring is to save as many positions as we possibly can because we are one of the biggest employers in the city and our employee dollars go round and round in our community and so we feel that it is much better to save on building maintenance and uh, fuel and all those pieces so that we can maintain as large a workforce as possible because that really is where the rubber meets the road in education, is in the classroom. Well, and if I may, Jordan, you know, as we kind of go through, I mean, you talk about increase the base student allocation, but from a budgeting perspective, I, you know, I think if there's one thing that we've learned is we have to budget with what we know. And, you know, right now we're facing uh, a projected with just a, if you will, a rollover budget, uh, which is the status quo, if we were to keep the status quo in the Juno School District of about $9.6 million as a deficit. And by, like President Sorensen said, by restructuring and consolidating, um, just through the projected savings and consolidating in those two models, we're looking at over $3 million savings. And that $3 million, while it doesn't zero out that deficit, it takes a, a pretty good chunk of that deficit and just from restructuring takes that $3 million, which equates to potentially 30 positions, maybe more depending on, you know, the positions that, um, you know, are being considered and, 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 and keeps them in the district in, in out of that consideration and trying to reach that $9.6 million deficit. And then from there, we can do some other restructuring, looking at potentially PTR increases um, to try to bring that to a balanced budget of zero. And if there is a BSA increase, um, you know, depending on what that happens, then that just continues to, um, you know, help, uh, you know, provide and continue to support, but still, I think it's important to note that even with a $680 BSA increase, that only brings in about $5.2 million to the district, which still leaves a deficit in the, in the um, budget. And so while it will help immensely, and uh, you know, it's still not, um, unless the BSA is higher than 680, it still won't zero out that um, budget. So there are still reductions that need to take place to help us get to that balanced uh, budget. Okay. Now my next question is, I'm looking sort of at the comparison for potential, you know, special education, student services type of things here. 
And I'm noticing there was a lot of effort put in to try and you know, maintain as many of those alternative and optional programs as possible. I remember seeing a lot of that kind of going forward. And so sort of talking about what led to some of the consolidations there, I know there was the entire meeting with uh, that Clinkett had had where you ended up being asked about the Clinkett Cultural Language Literacy, that program. So just kind of talk to me about some of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and Jordan, you and I have had conversations about this in the past, and I think I've said it multiple times. To me, one of the important things that the Juno School District provides is it's schools of choice. It's it's parent choice. It's different programs for families that um, want, uh, you know, whether it's an immersion program through the TCLL, whether it's a charter school experience through the Juno uh, Community Charter School, whether it's a Montessori opportunity through Montessori Borealis, the Juno School District, or, or homeschooling through Homebridge, the Juno School District provides a lot of opportunities for choice for families around their students' educational opportunities. And so that was one of the things in looking at the restructure and the reorganization, trying to realize savings while still being able to provide high quality education for students and choice for families. And so in looking at, you know, um, some of the programs, a lot of our optional programs um, are very popular. They're, uh, you know, growing, but sometimes they don't necessarily have the space to grow. And so through some of the reorganization, you brought up our TCLL program, um, part of the reorganization process is a conversation around can we then find in some of these models, you'll see that some of our optional and alternative programs are going to a different facility. And part of that is to be able to expand out and grow. I mean, we've got students on the wait list for the TCLL program. And so can we find another facility that allows them to grow even more and provide more of that opportunity to our communities and to our students? And so that's, that's some of the consideration that's going in when we're looking at our optional programs, alternative programs, and um, you know, making sure that we're still providing that option and that support for students and families. Okay. Now, my sort of my last big question here is talking a bit more about the meeting that's going to be happening tonight in case folks want to make sure that they can attend that, the, the, the Board of Education meeting happening tonight. Right. Well, <clears throat> there it is, a special meeting of the Board of Education. It's at 530 at, in the Juno Douglas High School Library, and there is basically one item on the agenda, and it is uh, the, uh, the two options that you that you have before you, um, in theory, because it's a board of seven people. So I can, you know, only speak for what's been printed on the paper, not all of what will happen in the meeting. Um, every meeting has uh, an opportunity for the public to comment on agenda items. And uh, so we have had, I, I couldn't even begin to estimate how many letters um, from, like I said, a whole range of people, um, ages, you know, eight to 80. And we have read them all. So we will we will see where and we've had you know internally in our documents uh Mr. Hauser has created calculators where we can look and change numbers and see you know calculate the savings I have to say it has been you know substantially 
different in terms of our access to lots of different ways to um, think about and reflect and change and recognize just how difficult all these choices are going to be. Um, I think that everybody on the board has moved through a whole range of emotions around all of these things, just as members of the community have moved through a range of emotions about all of these possibilities, probabilities, inevitabilities. And it is daunting. The, um, the one thing that when I look at all of these things, and this might be because I've, you know, spent a lifetime in primary education, but, and, you know, and just sort of riding the education roller coaster throughout the years. Um, I believe that we have an amazing staff. Um, we have spent an incredible amount of time and uh, quality resources in the area of social and emotional learning, which has been, I think, extremely important when we look at all of the, you know, national information about students and mental health struggles and, you know, adults and mental health struggles. But I do believe that we have an incredibly talented staff and as hard as we've worked to help our students be resilient, I believe that our staff is resilient. And, you know, as teachers, from one year to the next, things are not always the, the same. I, uh, in, in my own personal journey in education, I did my student teaching in the sixth grade and when I was offered a job, it was in kindergarten. And in my wildest dreams, I never thought that I would ever be called upon to teach kindergarten, but I had rent and I had a car payment and I took the job and I took classes at the local college to be better at it and within a couple of years, I had a master's degree in early childhood education and realized that I wasn't meeting all of my students' needs and I probably needed to learn more about that. So I started, started taking classes in special education. And, and then the rest of my life just sort of followed that track. So, and, and over the years, I mean, I you know bounced from kindergarten to fourth grade or fourth grade to second grade or second grade to a one-two combination or, you know, however it went. But it was, it was always an educational journey. And 
I never encountered anything that I couldn't, you know, learn to love. So, I mean, I do believe that it's going to be, I, I don't mean to minimize the very real trauma that some of our staff is, is going through or will go through. But I do believe that they are exceptional people and exceptional teachers and somehow on the other side of all of this, we will have, you know, great school communities. And if I can add, you know, being new to the Juno community, the one thing I've seen and, and my wife and I have really fallen in love with in Juno is, is that sense of community. Because at the end of the day, we're all Juno School District, the students, the staff, and the community knows how to pull together to support through tough times and to support each other. We've seen it in the support from the assembly. We've seen it in the support from our families and the letters and the communications to say, hey, I know you guys have really difficult decisions. Thank you for your service, you know, and thank you for all the work that you're doing. We'll get through this. And I think that's the piece that we see it on the court. We see it in, in student-athlete play between, you know, our students. At the end of the day, when, when it really comes down to it, we're all JSD. And our students, their friends, they, you know, hang out together. And this, this change will be difficult and will be tough as people are working through it. But at the end of the day, I think the staff, the community, the students are going to come together. And, you know, we're going to get through it. And that's, that's one thing about the Juno community that has just impressed me and, and really makes me proud to be part of. And so I just, I really want to thank, you know, those, those families and the students and the staff that are, you know, we're here to support our kids and, you know, make sure they continue to have a high quality education and have opportunities moving forward so they can do great things in this world. And, and I'm just really proud to, uh, to be the superintendent of, of the Juno School District and, and a community that believes in public education like the Juno community does. All right, and then on that, I think that will wrap up the show. Uh, Superintendent Hauser and President Sorensen, thank you very much for, for coming in today and taking the time to chat with me. And then I will just plug one more time that there is the meeting at JD in the library today at 5.30 p.m. If you do want to comment, make sure you, that you go there. But President Sorensen, Superintendent... It's also on Zoom. It is also on Zoom. Thank you. Thank you, Dee. Uh, Superintendent Hauser, President Sorensen, thank you very much for coming in. You've all been listening to Action Line on KINY.